right. Good morning and welcome back to the morning briefing. Today is Thursday, March 10th, episode 169. What a what a series of episodes we have had starting with the pandemic, particularly as the pandemic is winding down. Thank goodness. I love the fact that it's not part of the everyday conversation and we have other things uh, more important going on uh, as we're finally on the, uh, I believe, on the upside of this pandemic. I'm uh, your host, I'm Phil Brandt, and my goal is to keep you informed so you can more effectively lead your organization. My co-host, Bert, is on vacation this week, so he will not be with us, but he will be back in the studio next Thursday, and we have some things to discuss with him, in particularly for those of you listening from the greater St. Louis area, uh, Sam Page is going to sign a bill uh, making marijuana drug testing uh, no longer uh, legal in the St. Louis County area, except for some specific jobs. So you'll want to tune in next Thursday and get some information in here, uh, Bert's uh, views on that. Lots of things to talk about as it relates to that, particularly for those of us who are still doing uh, drug testing for marijuana use. Producer Nick, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm feeling good, Phil. Yeah. Anything exciting happening at the studio there for you? <laughs> you know what's happening. I'm, you got me slaving over this uh, this uh, leadership conference that you have coming up, getting materials ready for that. So that's always yeah, a fun time of year. It is exciting. I was actually just looking at uh, the numbers for that yesterday. We're more than uh, 50% sold out for the conference, which is great. Uh, for those people who have attended the conference in the past, you know that we traditionally will sell that conference out uh, every year far in advance. This year's conference is May 4th. If you're listening and went on, went to attend, I encourage you to get involved uh, and register quickly. Uh, every year we have people calling and asking for favors, any way to you know, open up an extra table, get an extra seat, I'll stand along the wall, you don't have to feed me lunch. All of these requests come through, um, but really we, we're limited to what we can do. And because of uh, this year's event, we're actually going to have a little bit less room because we're gonna have a full on band. And that's really cool. This is really gonna have a rock and roll theme to it. I have, in my opinion, one of the most exciting, coolest guests we've ever had. And that's not to take away from some of the other names. I mean, we've had names like Mae Jemison. Uh, we've had Captain Phillips. Uh, we had Captain uh, Arbanoff on there, uh, all related to some just great stories, um, life-changing stories. But this year, we have a, a guy, I'm going to call him, we have this dude called Kenny Arbanoff coming on the show. Most of you go, well, who is that? Well, check, check out uh, just a little bit about what this guy has done. Um, he has sold and recorded more albums, like I think it's $350 million worth of songs that he has played the drums for, for people most notably for John Cougar and John Fogarty. He was their drummer for a long time. The guy is just amazing. Amazing. He also played for Lady Gaga, Smashing Pumpkins, Bruno Mars, Elton John, the late Meatloaf, Celine Dion, and the list goes on and on. I could name probably 20 more that he has recorded for. He is one of the world's most elite drummers, and he is so cool. Nick, um, if it's possible, I don't know, but if you could play the, the AIM intro clip, I think most people may have already seen this if they follow us on email. Um, but if you could play that clip, I just want to give our audience um, a quick intro to Kenny as we get going here today. I will, and I'll also tell you that uh, the, my favorite Mellencamp is the John Cougar Mellencamp. 
Uh, Absolutely. I agree years. with John right. Cougar. And Here we go. You know that, Nick, you know the whole riff in uh, Jack and Diane, that little drum riff? Uh-huh. Um, if you look him up on online, it, it talks about him playing that drum, drum riff and creating it with John Cougar. Um, and it's really a cool little story. I'm sure he'll tell the story at the conference because I'll be sure to ask him about it. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, if you could play the clip, that would be great, Nick. I appreciate it. You got it. it. You got it. Hey, I'm Kenny Aronoff in my studio, Uncommon Studios LA. And I'm so excited to be speaking at the 2022 AAIM Leadership Conference in St. Louis on May 4th. AAIM has put together another amazing leadership conference, and I am so looking forward to sharing some of my valuable lessons I've learned throughout my career recording and performing with some of the most epic artists and bands in the history of rock and roll. Just like the business world, teamwork, innovation, and creativity, connecting and communicating in order to collaborate are so critical to the success of any band or tour I've ever been on. Everyone has to contribute and play their role or part. Teams win Super Bowls, not individuals. However, we want to be the MVP on the team we're on, but it's for the team, the we, not the me. And even more important is leadership, especially when, where, and how you lead people and from whatever role you're in. What's your purpose? What kind of leader do you want to be? Anyway, I'm so looking forward to sharing, talking, and hanging out with all of you. It's going to be a great day. It's a great event, and we will all learn from each other. Well, check out the website, AAIM Leadership conference.com and i'll see you there oh man how cool is that i gotta get glasses like that a necklace nick and i like the we not the me thing i just i don't know that i can pull that off i mean that dude's cool um cool's not my factor but we're gonna have a lot of fun uh with kenny he's gonna play the drums with the band we're gonna have a just a, a smashing time and can't wait to uh, to get to know him more and, and hear his story. It's a phenomenal story, phenomenal story about the success he has had. And everything he's going to talk about, we're going to kind of uh, surface the conversation today with, with our guest. Did you know that 15% of job seekers decline a job due to the company's culture? Or that motivated workers outperform those with low engagement by 202%. I mean, that's astonishing numbers. Or one last fact here, that employees at companies with high trust report a 21% higher profitability. I think that would suggest there's something to culture. So here we go. Today, we're gonna discuss five things leaders need to focus on to improve their culture and how you can attract and retain talent with culture. Our poll question for today is what aspect of creating a healthy culture would your team say is the most important for your organization in 2020? Got a couple options here. Clarifying the mission, vision, and values, um, building and strengthening relationships and trust, defining team standards and expectations, having effective accountability and feedback conversations, or providing meaningful appreciation and recognition. Love to get your feedback. As we introduce um, today's guest, I want to introduce to you uh, 
uh, Sean Glaze. Sean is a four-time author and national recognized speaker on culture and team building. As a success, successful coach and educator for over 20 years, Sean gained valuable insights into developing winning teams and, the founder, and founded Great Results Team Building to share those lessons with leaders so they become more effective leaders and transform employees into inspired and motivated teammates. Sean, welcome to the program today. Phil, I am so excited to be with you and to share with your audience and hopefully give them some uh, valuable information they can take back to their organization to really improve the culture and obviously get better results. Yeah, so Sean, um, tell us just a little bit how you got started uh, in this field. I, it's a pretty good story. And then let's get on with sharing some good information with our listeners today. Yeah, I uh, I was supposed to be an attorney, Phil, and uh, coming out of high school. my Don't, don't say year, that too loud with too much pride now. <laughs> my freshman year at Georgia Southern University, I played a little too much. And so when I applied to University of Georgia Law School there in Athens, they didn't let me in. And uh, so I was going to teach for a year. I had a degree in English. And sometimes Providence puts you where you're supposed to be. And I can tell you, um, in the classroom, and I actually accepted a job as an assistant basketball coach. And by the time we got to Christmas break that year, I knew where I was supposed to be. Loved the classroom and the interaction and developing people as a teacher, uh, but absolutely fell in love with coaching. And it's as a basketball coach that I came to a lot of the insights that I share with leaders and organizations around the world today. That's a, so basketball coach is the foundation of, of your coaching that you do a lot of today. Uh, obviously, you're focusing on culture. Um, what is it um, about culture and how do you define it that actually um, gets you excited? Yeah, I want to connect the dots for you a little bit because, again, you know, people, as they hear us talking, they're raising an eyebrow thinking, who is this guy as a basketball coach? How is he going to help me and my team and my business? And I think there are a lot of similarities. And I found as a basketball coach that all that time that I had spent investing in strategy and going to conferences like your leadership conference, I would go to conferences and meet with, you know, Division One coaches and have conversations and take all these notes about X's and O's strategy. My very first year as a high school basketball coach, as a head coach, we went five and 21. That's not a whole lot of success. And 80% and failure rate's not going to do anybody any good. And I realized at the end of that season that strategy alone was not going to help us succeed. And the issue was I had honestly completely neglected the thing that helped us be completely different as a team the following season. My second year, we had the exact same five starters and we went 19 games. I went to the state tournament for the first time in many years for that school, not because we had different strategy, but because I focused on culture. So I say that to then answer your question, because every one of your listeners has heard a thousand different definitions of culture. Culture is this you're kind of nebulous term that if you were to look it up on the Internet, you're going to get 10,000 different definitions. And I think culture, honestly, is something very simple. When I work with organizations and I'm talking to leaders or I'm going to an event or at a conference, Culture is nothing more, Phil, than the behaviors that are allowed and repeated in your organization. Yeah, that's a, I love that definition. I've not necessarily heard it precisely that clear, but I can relate to that definition because it, it's interesting. I mean, every business has a culture, whether we like it or not, whether we've <laughs> developed it with consciousness or not. Oh, man. That, and 
every organization, not just professionally at your workplace, but in your home, in your churches, in your, you know, the groups that you hang out with, every organization, every group has an established culture. Sometimes it's unintentional, sometimes it's by default. What we want in terms of successful organizations is to make sure that that culture becomes successful and healthy and productive and profitable by design. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing is when we, when we say by design. So talk us through a little bit of how is it that leaders help change that culture, right? Because it, it really does, in my opinion, it starts with the consciousness of leaders to create an end result culture. Um, and, and that's really difficult. But how do leaders have that impact? One of the things I realized first as a coach and then as I began coaching and speaking and training and working with organizations, Phil, is leadership occurs one conversation at a time. Leadership is the interactions you have that impact behaviors. And when I say that culture is behaviors, the behaviors that your team demonstrate, that the people on your team show every day, they do what they do because they believe a certain thing and their beliefs are based on their awareness and their awareness is based upon their experiences. So if you wonder why Bob does this or Susie does that, their behaviors are evidence of beliefs based on awareness, based on experiences. And so if you wanna change their behaviors, you really need to build back and change some of their beliefs and their awareness. And that's why with events and activities and obviously some of the interactions that you who are listening can implement and use with your team, you want to give them a different experience. And there are specifically five experience areas that you need to focus on as a leader that are going to absolutely transform your culture. Right. Well, come on, tell me more, Sean. What are those five <laughs> things? If there's, if there's only five, I have my pen ready. You tell us what right. they are, and I'm going to go so, fix our culture here, all right? So whether you have a pen or not, I want you to think about the word great, because great teams are always the result of great leaders, and great leaders focus upon five specific things. And it's just like baking a cake, Phil. If you're going to leave out flour, you're not going to have a good cake. If you're going to leave out the sugar, you're not going to have a good cake. If you leave out the eggs or the milk, there's different ingredients that you have to have. And you need all five. So here are your five ingredients. And I use that acronym GREAT because it's memorable and it's sticky and it helps leaders to make sure they're focused on the right things consistently. So the first is going to be goals. Goals are what are that mission? What is that compelling common goal? What is that purpose that people show up to help to accomplish? The second R is going to be for relationships. Relationships have everything to do with connections and trust and empathy and creating through curiosity some of those relationships that allow you to have difficult conversations when they're necessary. So after goals and relationships, which are the two vital parts of culture, then comes E for expectations. Now, expectations are all about what are your standards? What are the values that your company are going to be based upon? What does that look like every day in your hallways and in your conversations and in your meetings and behaviors as a team? Uh, how are you going to communicate? What is going to be expected? What are those standards and commitments that your teammates are going to make? And how do you clarify those? After goals and relationships and expectations, the next part is really sometimes the most difficult if you haven't focused on the first three, and that is accountability. And accountability is far more than consequences. Accountability is more based upon empathy, and we can certainly get into that as well. 
And then the last thing, and this is something that I think that your leaders and their teams would absolutely agree is important in any successful or healthy culture, and that is thanks, toasts, and appreciation and recognition. Yeah, excellent. So when we, when we think about those five items, and I hear goals as the first one, I know in my experience, often I'm, I'm working with um, different HR leaders or different business owners, and goals is always discussed, but there seems to be a disconnect between the obvious goal, which is about making money, and the goal that we would share with the organization, because everyone knows we need to make money. And if we're only talking about making money, making money, making money, and that aspect of what the goal is, you tend to lose a lot of people. What Do you have a perspective on that? Or how do you translate the making money into something more tangible that people can rally behind? Absolutely. And, and, and I would probably go to war with you and many other people because I don't think the purpose of business is making money. Profits are absolutely an end result and an outcome that are going to be desirable and part of the reason that we're going to take the risk to start a business, etc. But successful businesses aren't based on profits. Successful businesses are based on providing a service or making a contribution that are going to improve the people around you in some way. And so if we look at businesses as I'm going to choose to serve my community in this way, I'm going to provide this service or provide this product. And because of the quality of my service, because of the quality of that product, that's going to eventually lead to the profits. But money is honestly, as you get into discussing, you know, retaining employees and building really high performing teams, money is not a significant motivator once you get to a certain level of income. It's a mission that motivates far more than money. And if you can define for your people how what they do each day has a meaningful and measurable impact on somebody or something they care about, then you're going to have a hook that's going to keep them there and get them really excited and invested and bought in to what they're doing each day to contribute to that mission. Yeah. Now, when you first work with an organization, Sean, how does that normally, what's it look like when you walk into an organization, someone reaches out, says, hey, Sean, nice to meet you. I'm Phil Brandt, and here's my organization. Help fix my culture. Uh, well, and, and that honestly happens sometimes. People reach out, whether they're asking for a team building event or a speaker or somebody to come in and work with their leadership team. You know, ultimately it's, hey, I know we need something. I'm just not sure what because they focus so much like I did, like most leaders do. They focus on strategy and all the X's and O's as it pertains to their business and the processes of business that they don't think about the fact that strategy is what you want to do. Culture will always determine how well you do it. That's the reason we jumped from a failing organization to a winning organization on the basketball court because of our focus on culture. And the same thing happens with organizations. And so the first conversation we have is really going to hopefully uncover in that discovery call, what are some of the issues and symptoms that you're dealing with? And then more importantly, where on that kind of spectrum of the five things we talk about, where do we really want to spend a little bit more time? But what happens, Phil, is if they've not identified and clarified a clear, compelling goal and they've yeah. not helped connect the dots so that people see what they're doing and how it actually has an impact, because engagement is just how much I care about the results that my efforts are contributing to. When you think about people not being engaged, they just don't have a sense or an understanding or an appreciation 
of how what they're doing ultimately impacts something that they care about. And so that goal is really the single most important foundation. People need to know why they're there. After that, they need to know who it is they're there and working to accomplish that goal with. And that's why goals and relationships are the two vital parts of that recipe, because without those two, the others really don't matter. Yeah. And so, Sean, all of that makes perfect sense to me. Um, I'm aligned with you. There's no argument at all in, in that space. And I know how difficult it is um, for some leaders to take what the goal would be. And, and I would agree, it's not about making money, but it, that is a purpose that creates sustaining an organization. Absolutely. But creating something that people can get their heads around. I even heard Kenny talking about it in his uh, intro video there for the leadership conference. It's about creating teamwork. And it's about creating, you know, some purpose that we can all get behind. You do that on the basketball court. He talked about teams winning the Super Bowl, not individuals. Maybe Tom Brady does. I don't know. But still, <laughs> even without a team, um, it doesn't happen uh, without the, the entire efforts of the team. How, how does a, an organization learn to focus on common goals that everyone can get behind? Is that a process you take people through? Uh, or yeah, well, is that something you discover just through conversation? Well, a lot of organizations, and again, as a basketball coach, Phil, I went to, oh goodness, I guess it was six different schools over just over two decades with different jobs going from coaching guys to coaching girls to coaching guys to being in a different school and coaching guys and getting a little bit closer to home. And at each of those different stops and each of those different school campuses, there was a mission statement on the wall. You know, we are here to educate kids. We're here to make sure we're doing. And every one of those different mission statements that was on the wall, if you had asked a teacher, somebody who was part of that faculty, what is our mission statement? I guarantee you that nobody other than maybe the principal or maybe an administrator could have probably actually recited, repeated, recognized, and really felt what that mission was. And I think the same thing happens in organizations. And that is the first and most important thing is to define what is our mission? What do we do here every day? What is our vision? Where do we want to be in three to five years? What is the impact that we want to have? And then once you define that, how often do you really repeat that? How do you make it part of your culture so that people wake up and they pick their head up off the pillow and when they close their door to go into the office or when they boot up their laptop to join their remote team? Why are they doing that? Do they remember what is that goal? And at every meeting, are you repeating and going over? Here's why we're doing what we're doing. And it needs to be a really short, very accurate phrase that gets everyone involved. And that's the purpose of a goal or a mission. And that's going to obviously, again, be the foundation for everything else that follows in your business is why are we here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Producer Nick, uh, any results coming through the chat? Um, I'm not able to see them right here in front of me today, but I'd like to take a look at those and get an opinion. So it looks like overwhelmingly, Sean, it's uh, building and strengthening relationships and trust is leading the way. More than 50% of, of our poll results are, are coming into that um, answer. Let's just chat about that since that's the number one answer. Building and strengthening relationships and trust. How important is that statement in culture building? Well, I'll, I'll tell on myself a little bit, Phil. You know, there's a reason that as young leaders that we fail. And 
for some it's because they didn't clarify goal for some it's because they didn't build relationships for some it's because they didn't you know clarify expectations and establish standards for some it has to do with accountability conversations and providing feedback and development and for some they just don't take time to recognize as a young coach relationships and building trust is something that I didn't focus on and you think about the Bill Belichick style of leadership, hey, just do your job. And he's not necessarily a cuddly, warm, fuzzy bear of a guy. And yes, he's had success. But I think that when you when you think about most teams, especially in the midst of the turbulence that we've had over the last 24 months, teams are going to lean upon their support system. And where we were in person, you had somebody you could share a conversation with or go and have coffee with and feel connected to. I think that's diminished somewhat. And I think that you see the amount of loneliness and disconnection and lack of relationships and sense of, you know, kind of needing more support than is available is something that is affecting teams across the world, very definitely across the country and there where AIM is. And so specifically, that focus upon what are you doing with your team to build I'll tell you the best thing I did as a coach was to stop just focusing upon just the X's and O's and to start having one-on-one conversations with my athletes. And when I started having weekly one-on-ones with everyone on my team, and this is the same thing that your leaders can do, and maybe it's every two weeks, but it gave me a chance to not just be curious and learn about them off the court and outside of the locker room and their life and their family and what's important to them, but it also gave me an opportunity to connect with them and for them to build some of that trust that allowed me to have some of the difficult conversations about feedback and accountability that are going to be important on every team. But if you don't build a relationship, then rules or standards without relationships is always going to lead to some type of rebellion. And so relationships are absolutely an important part of leadership. And I think that trust is something that, again, I, and I do trainings, obviously, on, on specifically what are the three things that lead to trust. But I think that that is a huge area where leaders can immediately, by just taking the time to have 10 or 15 minute one-on-ones. And if you were to go to my website, I have a one-on-one template for questions you can ask and things you can do for productive one-on-one conversations that really help to bridge that gap and to build relationships strong enough to kind of carry the weight of truth when you need to. Hey, Sean, tell us your website, please, so our listeners can Absolutely. find that. If you go to Great Results Team Building, you can just Google Great Results or Google Sean Glaze, but Great Results Team Building, uh, you're going to be able to find not just on my blog, but there is a teamwork toolbox that's available, Phil, uh, and I think that you'll be able to make that available in the show notes. But that teamwork toolbox gives everyone that goes in there access to over 50 or 60 downloadable handouts and activities they can use with their team in order to focus on some of these things that are going to absolutely impact their culture. Yeah, absolutely. And we also on the uh, um, on the morning briefing website will have a white paper uh, from Sean that you can download as well uh, to give you some additional information to that. That'll be on the morning briefing website. Uh, all of our listeners know how to find that. All right, Sean, uh, with everyone still working um, in some hybrid or remote scenario, and, and by all means, it doesn't appear that that's going to change drastically. Uh, employees are still wanting an option to work remotely, at least in some hybrid scenario. And it's really wreaked havoc uh, on recruiting, right? It's one thing when we had to do that. It's another thing now when we're accommodating 
the request or work desires of our of our workforce. Any tips or hints uh, in trying to create that culture with remote workers? You know, there's a powerful question that I'll ask in just about every one of my programs. And I think it applies not just for teammates to take initiative and to be better teammates, but also for leaders to be better for their teams. And the question is very simply, Phil, what does the team need? And when you think about that in the context of your role, what does the team need? And sometimes for leaders, that means the team needs to be together to make sure we're working through a process, to make sure we're you know, tackling this issue or this, whatever that might be. But sometimes the team needs to have some of that autonomy, to be given a little bit more freedom if they can perform well and make the contribution that's necessary and still stay connected. There are obviously so many more digital and virtual and remote options today than we had two years ago that people have taken advantage of and demonstrated that they can actually do effectively. That I think that where that's an opportunity for leaders to think, you know, what does the team need and would that help our people to be happier and more productive and better contributors? I think that's huge. Here's the caveat. The team always needs those same five things to be great. So you still need to, in a remote or hybrid setting, you need to absolutely drill down and be even more intentional about what are our goals? Are you spending the time and making the effort to be intentional about building relationships, not just with you as a leader, because if they only have relationships with you as a leader, then you end up putting out all kinds of fires that maybe they could reach across the organization to find and collaborate and have conversations or answer questions or ask for help from people other than just you as a leader who has to be the hub there. And so the same five things of goals and relationships and even more importantly, the clarity of those expectations of how we're going to meet and how we're going to interact and what are going to be our um, avenues of communication. You know, those are the things that I think you need to be even more intentional about as a leader being great for your team. Excellent. Sean, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's great to chat with you. Uh, I hope that you hear from some of our listeners uh, as a result of being on the program. Uh, we learned five things. We learned what does the team need is the same, whether they're in office or away. Uh, it might be a little bit different in how we deliver or manage that, but it's nevertheless, uh, what does the team need? I like that. That brings a lot of simple clarity to a really complicated uh, culture solution. So thank you, Sean. It's great to get to know you. We'll be back on air next Thursday with Bert. We are going to discuss uh, marijuana drug testing in the County of St. Louis and amongst other things. Uh, some of the recent changes that are happening with the uh, COVID um, restrictions being relaxed. We will see you back here, 7.30 Central Standard Time next week. Bye-bye. If you've ever been to a career fair, there are many different companies there all clamoring for the attention of these 22, 23-year-olds just about to graduate college. And we needed something that set us apart. So we produced a VR video that showed a glimpse in the life of what it was like to work for Nortech. But they could do so in a way that really was pushing the edge of technology, which is how we wanted to be seen by those candidates. We empower our employees to reach forward and look for those new opportunities. And the VR technology, using it during the recruiting process, allowed us to do that.